0: Hey everyone, this is Dan. Welcome to the Spiritual Underground Podcast coming to you from the studios at DTM Enterprises. Uh, 12 Step Spiritual Recovery is a group of men and women who are delivering the 12 steps to anyone who may want these tools. Uh, I don't I personally think there's no better uh, personal development program on this planet, nothing more effective, nothing uh, more deep acting. Uh, it can really springboard you out of whatever hole you're in and it typically has been limited to alcoholics and addicts and gamblers and overeaters and that kind of thing. There's some 100 12-step fellowships out there uh, based on generally a particular behavior or substance and uh, 12-step spiritual recovery uh, is recovery for all. When Come as you are. You can have one or all of those maladies in your life or or none of them and uh, maybe 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 you've thought life just there's just got to be more to life than this uh you might give 12 step spiritual recovery a try 12 step spiritual recovery the book is by james christopher cone it can be found on amazon and 12 steps spiritual recovery.com is a website where you can find the meeting schedule and more about the program all right uh got another one year fresh one year guy in today uh I always like to get that. That first year is such a whirlwind, and there's just such a dramatic change in a being in that one year, man. And that's why I say I don't know that there's a better program on Earth than the 12 Steps. It just, uh, you know, the Alcoholics Big Books uses terms like tra- uh, transforms you, transforms um, you and it just revolutionizes one's entire life and uh i like guys coming in here and carrying that first year of juice and talking about that change and the reason we do that uh usually i will say earlier in the podcast that if you're just coming upon this podcast if you haven't figured it out already we're primarily 12 step based uh, most of the discussions here are people who's had their lives they come in and, and tell their stories about how their lives have been changed as a result of doing these 12 steps and, and practicing these principles in their lives and uh, so if, if that if, that's what you, if you're in a hole with the dope and the booze specifically uh, you found the right place uh, we do that to carry this message. Our 12th step says carry this message to others who suffer. And uh, and and this is just a unique way in which I get to do this. Me and my friends uh, get to carry their message and, and have a little wider uh, reach than uh, just our local meeting halls and stuff. Uh, so today my guest is Jermaine. Many of you all know him, and if you don't, uh, then you don't um how's it going today i'm great i'll have I'm to great. get a i'll have to have a towel in that oh i, I will uh, i will stop right there what's your sobriety date 12 31 2022 so that's just a couple weeks ago
1: that's right yeah I'm Very. well low. a couple weeks a year a couple weeks ago yes, yes. yeah right
0: yes. your one yes. year was a yes. couple weeks ago yes that's the i don't know and you know i wonder why we I know that one year is a big deal, and I guess just because that's what we do and that's a human condition thing. I was in a nicotine quitting thing for a while, which I since slipped off of, uh, and their big, big, big milestone that they celebrated like we do one year was 90 days mm. or 100 days. I'm sorry, 100 days. When you made it to 100, and there is some signs that you get a long way out of the woods in the first 90 days of any kind of uh, – any kind of change like this, so uh, I always like to go back and ask people. You know, where did you where, where, did you grow up around here? I did. You grew I, up did. A I did.
1: I did. I did.
0: Born and bred, brothers and sisters.
1: Yes, I had uh, one brother, one sister. Um, how was growing up? It was good. Um, middle class family. You know, never. Never wanted for things, or I, you know, if we did, I didn't realize it at the time. And, um, pretty, pretty happy childhood. So, um, very, very religious household. Uh, I've said that a few times in meetings, but Catholic, no, not no. Catholic, uh, Pentecostal. Oh, it really? ended up being Pentecostal. That Pente- is
0: pretty religious. <laughs> That's, I've got some history there, too.
1: But, yeah, so it was basically our, um, my social life, everything outside of school, like the school day was church related. Like yep. friends, events, things that we did, you know, whether it was going to church twice on Sundays and then the things in in between church, Wednesday nights, there would yep. be something on the weekend outside of the sunday stuff a lot of times so it was just like that was the entire that was in the entire world and there was no drinking in that world it was not catholic so there was no drinking yeah and you know no cursing no drinking and all that um so i i'm my yeah
0: kids my ex-wife i kind of hate it. like i don't like that x word on her so i mean uh because we're still really good friends, and now right. well, that ex-wife puts a negative connotation on it to me. Uh, but she, her family was Pentecostal, so I got a pretty good dose of that, uh, or at least exposure to it. Yeah. Uh, for a while, they, the girls wore dresses, don't cut their hair. Uh, did y'all go that we, far? We didn't
1: have that much. Okay. There was a lot of the other things that you associate with it, and... Um, yeah, it was a uh, speaking in tongues. Yeah, yeah, all that,
0: all that scared me the first time I was asked, "Will you go to church with me?" And uh, yeah, sure, whatever. I wasn't much of a church grower growing up. I mean, I would go and kind of grew up exposed to it. My uh, dad's family is Catholic. And my mom's family's Methodist, and the grandparents were pretty staunch every Sunday people, mm-hmm. uh, but generally wouldn't. So I went, and man, the first time I saw somebody tear off on that speaking in tongues, I'm elbowing her like, "What's going on?" Uh, <laughs> yeah, and
1: some from the the flip of that too, it's you're always in this mode of recruitment. It feels like, mm-hmm. and you know, whether you're at, at school or where you're at. So if you, for me sitting there, there are always some moments in the, and this is not to disrespect anyone's beliefs, but just my experience is like, okay, you have somebody new that you don't recognize. And it was a semi, like a smaller congregation. And so you see somebody new come up and it's like, well, hopefully things are a little more low key today so that they don't get scared off and come back and then you know sort of work them into the 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 more elaborate and and um you know the wilder i guess for lack of a better word and stuff that that happens but yeah between that and then the um you know some of the my my mom was a big singer in church, so that was another thing that was always stressful for me during the, you know, sitting there on Sunday morning. So whether it was her or whoever it was, it's just it's like I don't know why it's like. Can we get through this as quickly as possible? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm so nervous for this person and and some people like I know that they were they felt compelled and, and called to do some of that stuff, but it's like, uh, uh, you know, maybe it's not for public consumption sometimes, but yeah, it was, uh, it was an interesting, interesting upbringing. I'll say that like maybe one of the differences that I had that a lot of folks that come on this podcast and a lot of folks in groups, I, I don't know if I had a drink before I was 21, Mm Mm-hmm and in fact, I'm, I'm fairly certain I didn't and not to, not to get ahead, but, um, yeah, I remember as we were sitting here, I was trying to think of like the first beer I had and I remember I was part of my like allowance or whatever was cut in grass. And so yep. I had a, like a six pack of Coors Banquet beer—I don't even know if that's a, still a thing. I don't even ever <laughs> heard of it. <laughs> but, and I don't know if we can have product placement here, but yeah, we can. Okay, so I had that in my room, room temperature, like sitting under my desk. I had bought it. I'm like, i want to see what this is all about, like what drinking beer is all about. And so I cut the grass. Hot day, came down, and popped open a a lukewarm. <laughs> beer Coors banquet beer <laughs> like the reaction is like what the what, did, what are people ta- this is awful, awful. <laughs> this is terrible and uh, you know so yeah early on just had off and on like if you remember Zima mm-hmm. I mean <laughs> had Zimas and uh, but
0: this is all post 21
1: yeah, this is all so post twenty one. Buy it legally. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. I was living at home. I went to. I was. I went to college at U of L. So, so you just lived at home. And I did just that. lived at home. Um, my. I didn't really party. I wasn't part of a frat or anything. And yeah, the group of friends I hung around were more of the computer gaming land party, if you know yeah. what that uh-huh. is. Like, and like Dungeons and Dragons yeah. playing and that type of thing, uh, very much nerd culture stuff. And so, just
0: but they weren't my, getting in trouble.
1: They, they weren't getting in trouble, and they weren't drinking. And and that, I mean, there were many nights during college where, yeah, I'm out till four in the morning, but I was at somebody's dorm with my my desktop computer that I had packed in the back of my. My Camry to to get to their dorm so yeah. that we could network uh, and play yeah. games all night. I mean that was this sort of the thing. So
0: you know, I mean, you can, we kind of laugh at that and you say nerds and stuff and kind of do that little bit of a negative, yeah, around that. But you know, those people were doing, you know, they weren't doing wrong stuff. I right. was flat out right. doing wrong stuff by that age uh, in a completely different manner. Yeah. So uh, you know. Knock them around, but that's the better road. <laughs> yeah, and
1: that's one of the same. I too, I like think back to it, and I'm like, had I got into, like, hung out with different people, or or maybe just had a different experience in college, and had either gone away or or done something else, that just how different my life would be, mm-hmm. and. You know so in some ways you know it, it is what it is i'm here now but you know in some ways i think okay what you know that's that's good maybe it would have been better to to get that the the madness over with earlier or start that earlier and ended earlier but maybe maybe i don't hey, know i
0: think it's over till i was 45 you know me, me I, too i was when i started when i was 14 my first drink like that was then. And by the time I was in high school, at the end of my high school and directly after, by then I'm drinking every weekend, most every Friday and Saturday night. And sometimes in the weekdays, uh, not being able to. I lost my first job when I was 19 because I couldn't get to work on time in the morning because of last night. Mm. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I, I you know, And I'll tell you, you know, and I get what you're saying there about getting that over because uh, quicker. Uh, when do you think you actually, When? how long was it that the, that the alcohol really had a grip on you?
1: That's a good question. I really started drinking heavily. Well, I won't say heavily. I mean, enough to classify you as an alcoholic, I guess, which, you know, if you yeah. go by what they ask you at the doctor's office, I mean, yeah. that's yeah. like not very much. Uh, usually or my most of mind. us can
0: look back and remember when you know at some point when i started questioning i mean i knew i was shouldn't really be doing this this much
1: yeah yeah and so yeah i went when i graduated college i i took a job in in florida and so i'm down there and did sort of get in with people. I mean, they're good people, and I still have relationships there, but you know, just more of a culture shift of we're going to go out four or five nights a week, mm-hmm. and So about the time you started out of
0: college, you were starting to drink more regularly.
1: Yes. Yes. So, yeah, I remember, as we were sitting here again, I, I remember, like, the first time I had a um, a beer and actually enjoyed it so we had played intramural sports and I remember we we won a game and everyone was celebrating they all went out um, somewhere after, after the game and I remember like having a light beer that was like ice cold and just the different I'm like oh I get it now and so, yeah, that sort of flip the switch of this is something I very rarely do. And plus, like getting into a different sort of friend group near the end of college did that too. But, um, yeah, especially moving away and just being away from home, being away from
0: yep, isolated kind of isolated, trying to fit in and with other people and make yes, friends and acquaintances. Yes, yes, yes,
1: yes. And it, yeah, that that's when it went, um, yeah, full on. And and I, like to backtrack a little bit. I mean, I do have some family history. My grandfather was an alcoholic, mm-hmm. and I think that's a big reason that. I've never seen my dad drink or I've even heard him curse. And so, and I think there's some alcoholism on my mother's side too. And so that, that's just when they never drank, never had that around the house. And it was always, you know, with drinking or like, uh, marijuana, you know, pot or anything. It was, always um well you know you do this you have your first drink and your life's over and then when you actually have your first drink and your life's not over it like to me at least it destroyed everything like 20 something years of teaching and what they had been instilling it's like well it's all a lie because my life's not over, Yeah, right. and
0: I'm yeah. not so gonna get struck by the devil right now, right? Or whatever, right? And boom, and all of a sudden you're in a swirling pit. You know? Yeah,
1: <laughs> I knew I should. Skies have done open that. up. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah, getting into Florida and being down there, and just like I said, part of the culture is just going out, and trying to meet people, and you know me not knowing anyone and so sort of trying to trying to fit in and not be alone and isolated that's that's when like some of that drinking and and whatever else that would have happened during during college that's it was sort of happened after college yeah. for me yep. for
0: you know 2 or 3 years but... Um, Social lubricant. Yes, absolutely. Man, I know that I sure grabbed onto that aspect.
1: Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So moved back here a little over 20 years ago, and so tried to kit. also when I was in Florida, I picked up a, like, nicotine habit that I hadn't had before. It's like, oh, you smoke – cigarette when you're drinking drinking a beer and it's like you only have to buy like that ratio changes of beers that you have to buy yeah. to to get a buzz and so it's like okay well this is this is a combination works combination yeah, yeah. wakes ex- works and and accelerates things and and don't have to spend as much and so I moved back here tried to kick that habit which um Stopped smoking cigarettes, but I uh, did eventually pick up a, you know, other nicotine habits, like, um, which, which is di- very difficult to, to kick. I yeah. dip, yeah. yep,
0: yeah. I dipped forever. Yeah. Uh, that 2019, when I met that group, that's what, that's how I was able to stop dipping. I haven't been able to kick the nicotine completely. I still use these patches, but, uh, pouches now. Yeah. But uh, I feel like it's a harm reduction. These aren't as bad as that was. Right. Sometimes right. Your mouth would just be because I pretty much got to where I was dipping all day. Uh, if just if if I was awake or was a dip in my mouth. Yeah, I would see, and I'm, I'm trying to
1: track back when I started doing this. So um, that was one of the things that I first tried. I remember I was on the bus in middle school, and there were some high school kids on there, and they dipped and. It's like here, and I was trying to fit in with them, and did it then, and didn't really do it right. I don't
0: think. Yeah. And well, we don't do any of that right. Like that no. first beer, you didn't do that right. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, had that been an ice cold beer. And you come in from mowing the grass, you'd have had a completely different experience. Oh, yeah. And you still probably wouldn't have liked it because none of us like right, it. Right. You know, the right. book says, you know, we don't drink because we like the taste of it. Yeah. We drink for effect, you know, yeah. and you don't know that at first. And I think uh, I think the universe, all that stuff not being very good, because the first time I smoked a cigarette, I about passed out and puked. Mm hmm. You know, and then there I am doing it again. You think, what is wrong with that? You know, why, why would somebody <laughs> do that again? Yeah. Uh, same thing with dip, man. The first time a kid is like little league, man, and trying to, you know, little leaguers trying to be like big leaguers.
1: Because mm-hmm.
0: back then all the baseball players chewed tobacco and stuff, and some kid in the dugout said, hey, man, you know, I was a skull bandit patch or something, you pouch, I mean, you know, and, uh, and then I'm green and I'm out in the back of the dugout. <laughs> And, and, and i did it again you know, we'll 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 muscle through that stuff man i'll i'll get through that nasty taste of liquor and then before long proclaim that i like bourbon
1: <laughs> yeah 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 and yeah there was some beer I, and near the end of it i mean the like the craft and ipa stuff i mean i i I liked the taste get all connoissery yeah get all connoisseur very very elitist on the beer drinking and very hipster I guess and but again is it is it worth I mean there are lots of things that I guess potentially you like that are not you know if I could eat this whole tub of ice cream but if I knew it was going to lead to me eating a tub a day. it would kill me eventually then, you know, is it worth eating that first tub of ice cream? Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was, that was one of the toughest things in early sobriety was that, Oh, I'll never, I'll never be like always thinking about the next forever. And like, I'll never be able to do. Yeah. I'll never have a, a beer with buddies again. I'll never, um, I'll never have another IPA. It's just like yeah.
0: no more New that New that kind of, toasts,
1: no more super bowl
0: parties. Anymore.
1: Right, right. All right. And yeah, that forever thinking is just something I I really had to work on. One day at really, a time. Yes. Yeah, I know the cliche, but it it is it's it's, it's
0: a cliche, but it's real.
1: It is absolutely real and I had a, a conversation last week or the week before mentioned on the, the group me, I went to a wake and just happened into a conversation. I didn't know the person, um, but they were telling me about how they're, um, I don't know if it's one of these situations where it was the, the, the boyfriend or ex they're sort of in that, because he was in rehab that's why he's sort of in that x you know we've all been there and just like oh he can't get his head around not able being able to do that again and not and it's just like well just focus on today like the next thing Mm -hmm. the next thing not not tomorrow not you know forever forever is just like intimidating for me to handle
0: yeah anything forever um, so I really like this one day at a time living One well, now that I've gotten pretty settled into it I took a liking to it a while back and started to realize this is a lot easier you know I'll worry about what's next yeah that's the only thing I'll worry about live where my feet are at right I don't live where tomorrow is going to be worried about that you know yeah. still have to do a little planning yes to, yes, you know, yes, yes, totally forget, yes but I don't really have to give it any energy yeah give my yeah. energy to now yeah
1: yeah that is it's really changed my life I think no I think I know yeah and it, the worry I had you know before I got sober and before I started working pro the sobriety is
0: so is tell great. Talk to me about how things ramped up yeah you know, so to the point of uh, where like to the point where you had to yeah, where you finally got your. said I got to do something about this, or yeah. somebody yep. told yep. you yep. you had yep. to do something yep.
1: about it, whichever yep. way it works. Yep. So, um, yeah, going back to when I moved back here, pretty soon, within a year of me moving back, so this was 2004. um My uh my younger sister. So I have brother and sister. My younger sister died. Unexpected car crash Mm. and um, like a couple weeks before her 23rd birthday. Wow. And so I think um, any, yeah, as to remember that time and the time after it, and in sort of sense, it's just like, um, as to remember drinking almost it feels like I've drank almost every night since there hasn't been a week that's the grief just yes and um and then you know there have been ebbs and flows with that but uh, yeah and it hasn't been it wasn't like an instant thing like sort of built up over over time and then you know, through the years, I would. There would be periods where I'd be, not drink. I won't say sober. I wouldn't be drinking.
0: There's one of the lines in books Big Book and Bill says there were periods of sobriety. Yes, and there were for me too. There yes. were times when I would get my arms around it for a little while. Yeah.
1: This is this is a funny one. So, I remember there was a period of time where was doing like the south beach diet and you can't do you can't like drink on it and so there was like a two or three month period where i didn't drink just because i was doing doing a diet so i guess it worked but um but yeah there was never a time where it was like i'm gonna i'm gonna quit this for good and and i can do that and i would i would not drink for a couple days and it's like okay I don't see I don't have a problem and you know so there would be times where and I've thought about this too like over the last 20 something years where you know it wasn't an everyday thing but it was a it happened often enough to it should have been a red flag for me that there's a problem. So it could be a like going out um, with my wife or going out with friends or, um, you know, I remember going to some concerts one time and, and like just getting home and just being out of my mind or even like during COVID, it did turn into an everyday thing of like, I'd have my I'm trying to remember what I called it in my head but it was um, phase one was a couple of IPAs, phase two was like I would switch to the like the box of Pinot Noir in the the closet and so it's like every time I'm walking by I just have to hit the (laughs) hit the tap to top off a little bit and then phase three would be bourbon. So I would do that like every night hmm. just to like unwind after the day. And, you know, it is, it was a stressful time. And I, I think a lot of people overdid it and probably their alcoholism yep. came to the surface. Yep. So, I mean, I, yeah, one of the things I've, I've, really been impressed by is like, listening to people on this podcast or even in spiritual underground that got sober during the the middle of COVID. That's mm-hmm. just like, I, um uh, big time kudos. That's, yep. that's a big deal. That, that's very impressive. So, um, so that, that is just sort of built on that. And then I would notice that you know, and I had these incidents throughout the last um, 20 years where it's just like I'd wake up the next morning and it's just like not necessarily how did I get here but like um, you know or how did I get home what did my like, you know a lot of people say well, I just woke up somewhere naked but mine was more like why am I like laying here either in bed or on the floor in a suit? <laughs> like what happened? <laughs> and, uh, uh, just lots of times where it would just get to the point where I would black out. And I have no idea what was going on. And I would, I would notice that the hard liquor would start to do that to mm-hmm. me, almost guaranteed. And so bourbon, yeah, doing some of that would would definitely um, get me to the point where I was just like out of my mind. Um, yeah,
0: always, well, my other little favorite lines was, is that and I really did. I come in thinking that, you know, I didn't blackout. I wasn't a blackout drinker. I heard you guys talking about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was nights I couldn't remember. Right.
1: That's right. <laughs> That's exactly right. And
0: I'm not a blackout drinker. I just don't have a clue what happened last yeah, night. <laughs> yeah.
1: There's that movie The Hangover and it's like it felt like that was happening to me all the time. Yeah. And I would get a- asked in the morning or the next day. It's like, "Do you know what you're saying last night and what you're doing?" And I'm like, "No, not not really." And so, yeah, that that escalated and then the, uh, the sort of the breaking point is that we had, um, and we've had some nights like this where we have wife and I have overnight sitters and we're taking Ubers. And so there's like no, there's no governor on the, the amount of drinking and whatever to, that we could do. And so we, um, We went out New Year's Eve Eve, and uh, went to a couple bars, um, like, and and situation too where, when when we were both drinking, we'd eventually turn into like snipping at each other. I mean, it's just the way it was. Um, But told her. Uh, make sure that I don't drink bourbon tonight and so <laughs> I drank bourbon like so yeah sort of the narrator he did indeed drink bourbon that night and so I I was so out of my mind we got it's like bits and pieces I remember and don't remember um, got back I remember like lots of yelling like um i remember being outside of the house for some reason um just sort of out of my mind and you know i've had these situations before unfortunately where i remember one time we went out and one of the things i do is i decide i'm going to walk home is doesn't matter where we're at, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna walk home and and yeah, there was one night when walking home from I think headliners uh, somewhere on Lakeson Road and we were leaning up and almost passing out against the, the wall for Cave Hill Cemetery. And I had eventually had enough sense to uh to have an uber come i feel bad for this guy like come come out to the my spot at the wall <laughs> to pick me up <laughs> and uh where are you at I'm uh, along the I'm road here. here yeah yeah but it's very much a yeah uh, nobody cares i mean my mindset during this time like Nobody cares about me. Self pity. Self pity. I'm um, yet yeah, nobody cares if I live or die. Everybody'd be better without me. Um just and still struggle with some of that, but um surprise to no one. The drinking makes makes it a million times worse and to the point where you know, there's a risk of actually doing something
0: about it. And most of, you know, most suicides, most domestic violence, most all that stuff has alcohol wrapped around it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that, that night, that New Year's Eve Eve night, um, had, you know, just basically been in that mindset, been in the mindset of this, like, um, sure terrorizing, my wife and just like with how I was acting and things that I was saying. And, uh, so just woke up the next day. Um, I did, yeah, I did, um, it's like, okay, well she's mad. She's in bed. Like, um, I'm going to put a dip in to like chill out like a nightcap. <laughs> so I it's one of those nights and this has happened happened more and more too where it's like I just like um find myself just like on the floor unable to like it's almost like my mind's working sort of but my body is not cooperating mm. and I'm just like I can to get off the floor and uh mm so yeah threw up um, and that's another thing I look back on it's like if I hadn't thrown up that night I don't I don't know if I'd be here Hmm. and so the next day woke up was um, you know feeling awful still had that like you know lots of sort of remorse over like because I didn't remember everything that happened um, still don't remember everything that happened but had that remorse around it anyway and so Sir sort of woke up feeling remorse feeling like a piece of crap and then like okay I'm just I, I just don't need to be here and then so we, we had, a, had a talk and yeah, basically, my wife was like, "I'm, yeah, this is, I'm, I'm done with you," and it's like, okay, I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not doing well. I'm not, I'm like, there's something wrong here, and I'm not, I just don't feel good. Like, uh, I don't feel right. I don't feel like, um, I just want to be here, and so took me down to the Brook. They wouldn't even, they wouldn't even evaluate me because, um, I guess the, the alcohol was still in my system. My blood pressure was like through the roof, mm-hmm. like stroke, stroke level. And so they sent me over to the hospital and, you know, they started working on me, same type deal. It's like, well, we gotta, you know, we gotta get this, uh like, his blood pressure down before they can do anything with him. And so that was sort of the point, and and hearing a doctor say basically the way that this doctor looked at me, and him basically saying that I was an alcoholic, I'm like, oh, I am. I guess. Um, it, it just and the way he looked at, I'll never forget that the way the the look sort of of um whether I imagine this or not just like this uh, look at this piece of shit mm. <laughs> like um it's like oh I guess I, I guess I do have a, a problem and uh and so just that that was sort of the event that that triggered me getting to uh, IOP
0: So when you said New Year's Eve Eve and your sobriety date is New Year's Eve, that was the New Year's Eve? Yes. That you went into the hospital? Yep. Yep. So how long were you in the hospital?
1: Um, Most of the day. I mean, they didn't... I don't think they kept me overnight. Give
0: you fluids and yeah, fluids to bring your blood pressure down. yeah, Yeah,
1: yep, 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 yep. And then... Eventually did make it over the brook, got assessed, and then. um
0: You didn't do impatient.
1: I did not. I don't. I don't know why. I mean, I wasn't really. I don't know how that.
0: Yeah, I worked. don't exactly know how they <laughs> decide who they're going to bring in. I always try to. Uh, I try to suggest that for folks because, like those first four or five days are not any fun. No, they weren't. <laughs> and uh, they're not any fun inpatient either. Right. But at least you're like in this protected environment, you know, or you're uh, and if something does happen because you can die from detoxing from alcohol. Yep. yeah. Uh, and if something does happen, you're in medical care and you really, you know, that way somebody's keeping an eye on you that can uh, can actually you know, provide some actual medical care for you if you do start Right, Falling out, season and stuff. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know how they don't, how I, I don't, I uh, I have some tricks up my sleeve that I won't put on the air about helping guys get impatient when somebody's asking for help and you're taking them to detox
1: because yeah.
0: they do seem to be rather picky on who they pick. And, you know, and I, I know a guy works at those places and I know that a lot of that is all about money. And why wouldn't they take that inpatient stay money? Right, uh, right. But anyway, they didn't, they offered you up a IOP. Did you have any idea what that was? Nope.
1: No. Nope. Did they
0: even use those terms or did they use intensive outpatient program?
1: They might've used the intensive outpatient program. And so, yeah, this is my first, this was my first foray into, into treatment and So I didn't know any of the the tricks. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know any of the things. It's actually a real blessing
0: at some level. Yeah. Uh, If somebody can get it, you know, coming in the door like that, uh, there's a lot of effectiveness.
1: Yeah. The the
0: flip side of it is if you fail at it and fail at it and fail at it, then you begin to lose hope that that can work for you. Right. Uh, Yeah.
1: So, yeah, my wife, I, I know that she was thinking that I needed to be like inpatient. And so, and I'm, so again, I didn't know any of the, um, it wasn't some, you were just doing what they told you. Yeah. And I was just answering the questions as honestly as I could. They were talking about suicidal ideation and it was vague. I mean, that was the, that was the truth. I didn't have like a plan. And that was, I think one of the. The triggers to send me to IOP versus yes, and
0: that's what I mean about one of my tricks. Yeah, I don't mind. You know, we say rigorous honesty, but if it's going to save your life, yeah, we can. Uh, you know, and eat a little humble pie and tell them yes. Yeah, <laughs> right. we'll get in right.
1: So ended up doing the IOP. Um, which again, I had no idea what that was. I just knew. Order, that... wonder,
0: like the timeline. Do was it was Alp the next day? I know some people. No, no. You had to wait.
1: I had to in. wait a few days. Yeah. And because it, ho- it was over the hall, it was over the holiday, yeah. and then they didn't. Um, they evaluated me, assessed me on that, like on New Year's Eve, and then I want to say it was. Cause we had enough time. I called around to different places to just see what was out there as far as treatment. Folks, Yep. 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 (laughs) Yep. Yeah. What's going to meet my needs for, uh, my, my agenda for getting help. Can I work this in my schedule? (laughs) Well, yeah, there's, um, and that's the thing I joke about too. It's like, um, I'm sitting there on New Year's Eve, and I'm like, okay, well, there's a work event on the 2nd. It's like if I go in – if they put me in – I'm sitting there in the waiting room trying to do this math of, well, you know, if I can get out at, like, noon on the 2nd, then I might have time – I'll have time to get home, get a shower, and then get somewhere by 2 to, to like, get to the event. I'm
0: like, no, 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 you're not – you're not going to the uh... first time I showed up at treatment in a similar kind of circumstance. You didn't know nothing. Uh, my wife, I was married, didn't she? You know, when I, I came, she didn't know I was alcoholic. Of course, yeah. I didn't know it either, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and she just knew something was wrong with me. And I said to her, there was a whole thing and it's a story and it's out there, but I said, Angie, I think I'm an alcoholic. And she smiled. And like, I look at that now, it's like, okay, now I know what's wrong with you. Okay, we can do something. And now that right, I know, you're right. just not a fucking asshole. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe. no but... cure for that. Uh, uh, <laughs> or the old thing about there's no cure for stupid. Right. Uh, and she smiled. I'll never forget that smile because it was so like contrary yeah. to what I, the emotion I was expecting to get. Uh, the one thing was, is this crazy stuff about not I never I didn't want to be in trouble you know I was scared to death to be in trouble all my life I was scared to be in mm-hmm. trouble me too I tried to do you know me too. I hated it yeah. and then I carried that in you know and that's kind of like I don't want to get in trouble with the wife I don't want to get in trouble yeah uh and of course I got over that after a while um but I went in and they started telling me that they should be that I should go to inpatient they were recommending inpatient and I was like, all well, right, I can't do, you know, I got a lot going on. Right. Me you know, too. What do you yeah. mean I am inpatient? Are you nuts? You know? And then they said, well, you can do this outpatient stuff. Well, when is it? You know? <laughs> and it was like a Wednesday night or something or Tuesday or something. And they said, we can start you tomorrow. And I said, oh, I can't. I said, you know, can I start Monday. You know, and, and all this shucking and jiving, trying to yeah, uh, yeah. coordinate my own recovery, which is fundamentally where this thing like works and don't work is that I got to let go and let somebody else run my recovery. I'm no good at running my mm-hmm, recovery. Mm-hmm, I can, actually, mm-hmm. it's impossible for me right. to coordinate my own recovery at that point in my life.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 I had the same. I was doing the same calculus of. Okay. If, yeah. I've got this and this and that going on. We got this and... I'll have to check my calendar. Yeah, I, yeah. let me check my schedule.
0: I'll get with my assistant. So it was a few days later before you actually started getting some real treatment. Yes. Uh, how was those a few days? They were rough. They were rough. And
1: just as much physically, I mean... I was able, you know, like I said, it had been a while, but I was able to like turn off the drinking for a few days at a time. And that was now leading up to this one. It had been it had followed, um, you know, take a step back. So back in May of that year of 22, gone to the doctor said hey you've got you've got a high blood pressure situation here and you need to change your diet you need to quit drinking so and sure. doing all these other things so um, yeah stopped with the um, yeah there was a period where I, I basically stopped drinking for a couple of months and like there were Times here and there that we did, but uh, for the most part, quit for for uh, two months, went on vacation, and then um, so then around August, and from from August to December, it was every day. I'm gonna binge. I'm gonna basically binge every night, and so. Yeah, those first few days were were kind of rough. Just physically, but it was more emotional. I just felt so alone. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know how to the, explain it. It's yeah. just like I
0: like to use the big book terms. The deep morass of self-pity.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, just like going to bed, I just felt like I couldn't be more alone, and uh, so yeah, it was it was a rough few days. Um, Actually, started with one of the few people, maybe maybe the only person in SU that didn't go through Chris's group. So I went in through uh, the other counselor, the other counselor, and. So he he did like an afternoon. Like we had the morning, which was the same people every day, and then the afternoon you had, um, and that was the afternoon was more of the depression, anxiety, the mental health side of it. I think, and so they would just disperse you into different counselors and different topics and things like that. And Chris. Was the, and it was Zoom? It was. Yes, it was Zoom. And so um, Chris led the afternoon. We talked. I was one of the rules that my uh, counselor had put on the group was that you needed to go to three meetings a week to stay in the group. So I had... I'd been to to meetings virtually. Um, like there's a, I'm assuming there's still a, a virtual like AA meeting, newcomers meeting every day mm-hmm. at uh, certain times, and then uh, went to Token a few times, and. Just like okay, uh, well, first of all, I had no idea what an AA meeting was about, and what who was going to be there, and, and format, and- format, and just like, um, this like, oh, there's there's probably a bunch of drunks there. You ever think
0: about that? Yeah. And why am I, well, I going <laughs> to be? Am why, gonna- why am I going to be there? Why do I need to go to that? <laughs> I did the mistake of walking into a woman's meeting before I knew how to read the bulletin, you know, and that's terrible too. You know, you walk in there, man, you kind of, you know, you boom, you walk in, you know, just like, cause you're trying to be cool. You know, you're not going to, don't want to act like a dummy. That's another thing, you know, like yeah. not getting in trouble. I could, I can't be seen not knowing, not what I right. do, what I'm doing. Right. Right. I, that's not okay. Yeah. I can't be caught. You know, the words I don't know or, and you walk in there and you go, uh, start backing out of the room and then they start talking to you because they want to help you. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's definitely a a complete culture shock thing to come into these rooms. and, and And, you know, and every one of them has a different vibe, too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So
0: it's not like something you can get used to real quick. Right.
1: Right. And, yeah, so I had Chris in the afternoon and. We we're talking and just sort of talking about he recalls that as I was looking for a meeting, which I was, but I don't think I I don't think I said that. I mean I was just talking through what I was going through and I remember him saying You're probably
0: putting off the vibe that the people were on, going to weren't were, we're not doing anything for you.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. We're not connecting. And he's incredibly intuitive. He very much because I, I don't think I said that I don't think I said it. I think he he would say that because he he
0: knew that that's really what you were doing. (laughs) That's exactly
1: right. So he picked up on that. And he's like, you know, I've got this great meeting you need to go to. Um, And so the first one I went to was actually, first SU meeting was actually a, um, I did it virtually. And might have been birth, it couldn't have been birthday because I, um, I don't think it was. I did I was on virtually for the first um, first birthday night with SU that I was part of, um, and then I don't know what it was I did one virtually. It's like sort of like maybe camera off, hanging out in the background. Like, okay, what is this? This one about? But it was a great vibe, like great energy, even through Zoom. So I went the next week in person and I'm sitting there and the, the fellow I was sitting next to, he, after the meeting, he's like, Hey, you know, introduced himself, very welcoming. It's a great meeting. And he's like, do you have a sponsor? And, um, I'm like, No don't um i honestly didn't even know how to like react to ha- well, how to do it like how like how do you get a sp- like it's sort of like is it like coming up and asking somebody to be your friend type of thing <laughs> is that the kind of energy that you're putting out like we be my sponsor um i guess it sort of is that in there too. <laughs> but uh yeah so he's like oh there's this great guy he um he was sitting right next to me you should talk to him about being your sponsor so talk to Mark can I say his name? yeah mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> talk to Mark uh, that's the guy that uh, Tim was the guy that, that got us connected and so talk to him afterward there were some some history there he had he had actually worked with my dad it was just a weird like mm. couple of coincidences and and um yeah it sounds like my dad actually helped him figure out that he was eligible to retire with like a full benefit mm. without working extra 5 years and um so it was just kind of a neat coincidence. We yep. we sat down the it's next. Amazing how
0: often those things happen? Yep,
1: yep, yep. And so, talked about it, prayed about it. He he gave me a call, or sent me a text. It was a Saturday night. Um, that next week, and he said, one of our guys is is given the lead at uh, Age of Miracles tomorrow morning at eight o'clock Sunday morning. And, uh, he's like, I'll I'll come pick you up if you want. And so I'm like, Oh man, eight o'clock on Sunday morning. <laughs> that was my first thought. I'm like, it's eight o'clock on a Sunday morning. But my second thought was, okay, this is a test. I'm like maybe <laughs> he's, 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 going to test and see what, whether I'm, whether I'm all in or not, like, you know, so, um, respond back, said, Hey, I will, uh, yeah, I, you don't need me to pick me up. I'll I'll be there. there. I'll meet you there. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want (laughs) to, I don't want it to be like him rolling up in a van like windowless van and on like thrown in the back and like, I don't know what my day is going to be, but you know, so go to that. Um, yeah, Toby gave the lead. I ended up, uh, by luck of the draw, having, um, the assignment of doing tokens. It was under my seat. So met with him afterwards, had a long conversation about what, that's the whole sponsorship thing and sponsee thing means. And, and, um, we both agreed that it, it was a fit. And so, um, it, 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 that, that to me is if, if anyone's listening to this and want to know what I think is the most impactful thing about this whole program and Sprite is getting a sponsor and talking to that sponsor every day. It's, that's another thing. It's like, well, one of the rules is you're going to talk to me every day. Call me like, every day. Call me every day. I'm like, what? Talk on the phone every day, man. Like, I don't even know you, man. I, dude. I don't even know you. And, and I don't talk to anybody on the phone every day. and, And it's just like,
0: what are we going to talk about? Yeah. That, that,
1: and it's like, I guess it can be like a quick, you know, quick five, 10 minute call. And I hear this from folks too now of like, well, I can't, I've got too much going on to talk to somebody every day. And, you know, there are, my first thought was, okay, I guess yeah. If I can, I can squeeze in a quick couple-minute call every day to to. I mean, that that's you know the price of admission to be part of the program. That's fine. I'll tell you, we have we probably spend half an hour to an hour on the phone every day. It's just like, um, I don't know if that's typical for his other sponsees, but or just in general, but, and I don't know if he, if I'm taking too much of his bandwidth as far as being a sponsor, but, um, it it has been the most helpful thing for me Mm -hmm. because it's almost like having a counselor, or a therapist that you're talking to every single day. it so got that kind of
0: stuff. value, but then, you know, that relationship builds or yeah. it becomes a friend that, Absolutely. that's filling yeah. that role, you know, yeah. And, yeah. and yeah, there's, you're right. I agree hundred percent. The most impactful thing is, you know, get a sponsor. That's what we say. Get a sponsor and work the steps. Yeah. Get a sponsor. Yeah. Get a sponsor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah and that call every day is the only reason to do that is to build a relationship. Mm-hmm. If you didn't if you didn't talk to each other regular, <laughs> you wouldn't be able to build a relationship. You wouldn't yeah. get to know each other. And, and that relief I had too, man. I could feel like a steam pipe, like a safety valve kind of release every day when it was time to call my sponsor. Cuz I would call him and I'd talk to him for a few minutes and when I got off the phone, I would feel better. Mhm. Uh because it's it's, you know minute by minute hour by hour in the early times man it's 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 not an easy road man right head spinning thinking all kinds of And it's not necessarily that i'm being pulled to drink like that's not the problem i don't know how to live yeah i don't know how to run my day sober
1: right yeah yeah yeah
0: mark is kind of talkative though I'll yeah. tell you, sometimes I'm sitting on a phone for a sponsor, And also I'll tell you when the guys, when we're brand new, when we're first working together, those calls, those calls will tend to be longer as we're, it's almost yeah. like, you know, you date a girl and you're going to talk to her on the phone a lot when you're first new, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, getting to know each other. Right. And then, you know, there's times that it's a five minute call or sometimes I pick up a phone and say, Hey Rick, what's going on? Oh, not that much. Everything. Okay. Cause I'm kind of pinched on time, but if you got something you need to talk about, I'm I'm here. No nah, man, everything's good. Just heading to me tonight later on. All right, well, cool. I'm gonna get back to what I was doing holler at me if you need me. Yeah. And they're two minute calls.
1: Yeah. I do think it's amazing, like the, the guys that have like you that have multiple you know, how many sponsors do you have? Yeah, you have sponsees. Yeah, count, I mean, But there's a bunch of them. Yeah. It's like, I always think about,
0: honor. I don't, you know, it feels sometimes when I don't like that number because it feels bragging or something, you know, right, like right, right, right. Many right. Right, right, And again, I never, I never shot for this. Well, my sponsor mm-hmm. told me in them ground rules in the beginning that when you get this, when you've had this spiritual awakening and you've worked these steps, I'm going to expect you to pass it on. I was like, I nodded, but in my head I was going, <laughs> I'm bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I never, I, I didn't sign up for that.
1: Yeah. That means that's uh, like a forever thing. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Like,
0: I, well, you know, like a BNC, you mean like a mer- like, oh, you know, I've had sponsees decide to go to other sponsors.
1: No, I know. I know. Uh, I, but and, it feels like a forever it, thing. Like, oh, does. I'm, I'm going to
0: try the same kind of thing. The same energy is like day at a time. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's yeah. not forever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. and actually I take from Scott Lee says, I pray that my sponsees outgrow me. That means I've given them everything I can give them and they need more and they go to another person and because that person has more but that's a different bucket of juice over there with this guy right and uh and do that and um and a lot of them don't make it i've been really fortunate god has sent me a bunch of just awesome men to work with you know and now they're my best friends and he just keeps on you know i I sponsor about two guys a year Hmm. start yeah take take two guys a year through the work usually yeah and it is but you said it earlier you know it's a it's part of that price of admission yeah you know, books that yep. the price must be paid yeah and uh and i know i know that's in and bill uses this term in book two that it is the foundation of our recovery that is my that is the foundation of my recovery today sponsoring right. other guys But you think, you know, here's this guy that doesn't even know me and he's willing to put this time in for me, you know, and it's like, there's got to be a hitch in this someplace. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, When's When's it going to get weird? Yeah. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) All kinds of crazy stuff. (laughs) And then later on, you just realize just how valuable that is. And you just come to love this man. And you all have a relationship that you would have never thought that you could ever have with another dude. Right. Right. It's powerful. And, I was at my sponsors till two o'clock in the morning last night, or I didn't get home until about two. And we, I, I rode to his house at a little before four. We went to Fred's service. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christopher was asked to speak at Fred's service, which is beautiful. And you know how Chris is. He would yeah. go up there and just blow magic all over everybody, you know? Right. Right. And uh, then we went out to eat and then a big chunk of us decided to go to a meeting so we juice bombed a meeting and you know there were there was four people in that meeting that wasn't spiritual underground and there was like eight <laughs> that were uh and and then we went i went over to his house and we watched a movie and i left there about 1 in the morning nice and it was a great night you know energized what'd you watch michael clayton oh love that Foody, movie uh, Chris sets me up with movies he says well, we just make a point to like you know I even just joking around with the people they're just like what are you doing after this I says it's date night <laughs> you know, what do you mean I'm going over to Christopher's we're hanging out uh, <laughs> you know we're all dressed up for the Yeah. and stuff yeah, yeah. and um, and at you know, some level it feels you know I'm not in a relationship and I'll be honest I don't care to be and at some level, you know, you're talking about like it getting weird at some level, like the intimate relationship I have with my sponsor and not intimate in the weird sense, but the intimacy that, that I have with my sponsor fills that for me in my life. You know, it's, uh, I have that closeness to somebody, you yeah. know, cause I mean, ultimately, you know, we, we do this male female hookup thing you know and and kind of get wired in that some part of it's about sex but you know i think the ultimate relationship is when you're when you have that connection with somebody right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh and and i get that uh and and i wouldn't give it up for the world right some people switch sponsors i can't see you doing it and i didn't go through the brook i uh and this is old stuff too but Chris never raises his hand when people say is anybody willing to sponsor somebody when we make that sponsorship call right and I was and I had heard what he was saying and you know I thought that was the man I needed you know coming to Spiritual Underground I'd hear him share mm-hmm. and uh, this little ego trip you know that you think you need the best guy in the room oh right right uh, I need and, Michael Jordan of sponsors right Yeah. yep yeah. <clears throat> that's what to handle me it'll have to be somebody like that uh, and uh, but he never raised his hand so I'm like looking for second or third string who okay well since that dude ain't who else And because uh, I knew the sponsorship game I'd been in A for a while and mm-hmm. it was back I got a year of sobriety in 2011 and then drifted and things got way worse and, uh, and I come in there and did a Burning Desire one night and I got truthful with the group because I didn't tell
1: them the
0: trouble I was in I was coming in or saying, I'm fine. I'm just back. I've had some time in the past. And when I hear people come up here and do that, you know, I kind of chuckle under my breath because I'm like, yeah, that was me. Mm. wonder what's really underneath of that. Right. Know? And then you right. find out usually, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I had all that deep morass of self pity and was just in a real low place. And they and I didn't plan to do a burning desire that night. But they said, does anybody have a burning desire? And I went and I told the group my truth about I'm facing six to 20 years in the Mm -hmm. Department of Corrections. I'm scared to death. Right. Still can't quit drinking. I was drunk last night. Uh, And he made after the meeting, he made a beeline to me and said, hey, man, uh, I want to work with you. If you're good with it. And then he goes, but. And then he laid the ground rules on me right then, you know, and everything he said. Like, uh, only time I have in my schedule is after this meeting on Tuesday nights. Can you do that? You know, and I'm, get a new bit. Do you have a big book? I said, yeah, I got a big book, you know? And he says, it got writing and color and stuff in it. I said, oh yeah, it's all tabbed out. And he said, get a new one. And okay. And I just said yes to everything. You know, he said, right. I'm gonna call, he said, I want you to call me tomorrow between one and 3 p.m. And for years, I called him at two, because that is right between one and three. (laughs) And uh, it just organically happened, because, you know, there's a conflict of interest kind of thing with him sponsoring people that come through this Mm. program. Yeah. Uh, A lot of people do that. You know, they they get through the IOP, and then they want Chris to be their sponsor, and you're like, can't do it. Right. Right. But back to the sponsorship thing, the Mark and you... uh, It's funny, you know, I mean, like it's the same thing in the book. It says we normally wouldn't mix. Would you ever see yourself running around with Mark in any other circumstance? Maybe. I I mean,
1: maybe. I mean... I I see two
0: pretty different people.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't don't think we absolutely would not have the relationship that we have. But um, also think that... um, yeah, somebody at a meeting referred to him as the,
0: the redneck Gandalf. <laughs> but, you know, and I talk about this sometimes because we see, like, when you came in, you know, you can feel a shield around you. Like, you know, if I can, I'm going to put this wall here, and you can come to there mm-hmm, and talk mm-hmm, to me. Mm-hmm, but you can't mm-hmm. come in any closer than that. And I'm I'm guarded. You know, and Mark was the same way, man. He was, he was angry. He was tough, dude. You know, he used his anger and his toughness to like keep you at distance. And, uh, and then to watch what he, who he is now, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: you know, well, and I've seen so much growth in him over the last year and, just amazing. I'm just thinking back to that first conversation that we had after the age of miracles and we went and grabbed coffee and and sat down for a couple of hours and there was still some, yeah, still some, definitely some anger there. Definitely some, some stuff, some stories he was telling. I'm like, this guy's, this guy's nuts. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, in, all in a good yeah we're all nuts and uh, but yeah just um, just the amount of like change I've seen in him too has just yep. been amazing he's grown a lot in year too and and just a great great person yeah
0: and and what at that point he was just a little over a year's so over mm-hmm Yeah. And he still had, you know,
1: still had some, um, I think some stuff that he was still working through. So, yep. But it, it yeah, it was.
0: And at nine years, I still got some stuff he's right, still right, working through. Right, right, <laughs> right. And so but yeah that's cool too you know because you get to do you know you're growing together and you honestly really are man and it's a hand in hand walking with another dude uh i could like battle buddies man i mean i really envision this thing like we're out on a battlefield you know we're in the 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 global war on terrorism kind of thing Mm -hmm. and uh and i need to you know they say like those guys and they're doing that you know and i listen to a lot of military dudes podcasts and stuff and their experiences through that you know and the whole concept of you know they're not fighting the war on terrorism they're fighting to help keep this guy right beside him right alive. that's right and I look at that similar parallel of what we do. I look, you know, And I'm not a veteran, and I don't want to make sure I always do this little disclaimer. I'm not trying to pull anything away from that and try to make it any smaller or anything. But this is the closest thing. That's the closest thing I can see to the camaraderie that happens here. And I think it's because of the same thing. We're fighting to keep each other alive.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Yep. Yep. My sobriety means something because guys are depending on it. There's a bunch of guys expecting Dan to stay sober, right? Because <laughs> their right. sobriety is somewhat hitched to mine,
1: right? And yeah, that was when I was talking earlier about the sort of the forever thing. That's that's kind of like, oh well, I'll go through the program and go through the steps. And Then, oh, if I have, if I have sponsees, that means I've got to be accountable to them. That's a that's a me thing too, of. I, like you just said, I have to, like, I won't be able to turn this off at some point.
0: Yep. And there is some of the underlying, you know, we don't really say that, but there's energy in there that if I'm accountable to these guys, I'm trying to help walk through this work. That puts some accountability on me right. to continue to do it and to be at the meeting on Tuesday nights and to continue to show up. Mm-hmm. And I remember that I'll talk about pushing all my chips to the middle of the table you know, and I've had a big enough noose around my gonads that I had to do that. Uh, I had to go all in. Mm-hmm. And and there was a point where I just said, okay. You know, I fought it internally that that was going to be the acceptance of saying, okay, I'm going to participate in AA the rest of my life. This is just Dan. Mm-hmm. Dan is mm-hmm. this dude here. Mm-hmm. And, and and having that acceptance to said, okay, I'm good with that. If the payoff is what I'm getting in the rest of my areas in my life. Uh, I'm okay with that. I'll pay this. I'll pay this price to have what I have. Yep. But it wasn't easy. And it didn't come. It didn't come easy. Yep. So, Mark, walk you through the work. Yes. Yeah. And you have completed the twelve steps. of Alcoholics Anonymous. I have. And qualified to take another man <laughs> through the work. I have. Uh, any particular steps that you want to think about? What stuff that happened? Um. Or your views on pieces of it? I think
1: yeah I they, they think the uh, well fourth and fifth step is is pretty powerful and that's one that feels like it, it never ends like there's always something I mean sitting here with you I'm like oh well there's that there's that thing I could probably put on my list and uh <laughs> And I was sitting last night and, and something, um, triggered a memory for like when I was a kid and, you know, did something stupid to another kid. I mean, i probably elementary school and it's like, I feel bad. I should, I should put that on the list. Even though it happened like
0: 40 years ago hmm um, I had stuff on my list that old and and stuff has c- came up uh, you know the memory I think you know, again, I'm a big book thumper Is a bit more will be disclosed mm-hmm. uh this information is disclosed to me uh as I walk along, and my next four step will have something forty years old on it, yeah, yeah, yeah so that that's that's kind of cool the i encourage people to go through yeah. the work again as you approach year two and i try to yeah. feed that down um let's grab it like a clean out a horse stall you know first time i go in there i'm just shoveling up the big piles of poop and then get that cleaned up next time i'm gonna go in there fork out the hay mm-hmm. and then before you know next time i'm in there with a mop. And because I can't do that all in one swoop. I'm just not capable. I I think it would crush you if you were actually able to tackle it all at once. Yeah. 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 Seemed like it took forever to get through your first step. It did.
1: At the time it did. Um, Yeah. And I don't, I just don't remember why it seemed like it took so long but I mean it's a it's a process it's a process and I think that's,
0: it's good that it's a process I was there's a time space discontinuation when you're there I don't right. understand what that is either but like it feels like it drags on forever and then when you get when it's done it was like well that wasn't that long right
1: right 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 and um, yeah my I know that we have um, a lot of guys that get through the steps quickly and get well quickly. And, uh, but I always, it's like, okay, I, I want to make sure it's, and I'm not saying anybody else is not doing it right. I just, for me, I wanted to, um, make sure that I had prayed through everything, like, felt right to move on to the next little not even the next step but the next little thing Hmm. and so um yeah I think you gotta be careful overthinking
0: this stuff yeah
1: true true so
0: um puke it out that's what Christopher says (laughs) just puke it out yeah
1: yeah but so maybe I was a little late bloomer or slower but uh um but, yeah, I feel good about it. I mean, I feel good about working through it. I Like I said, I know that there will be.
0: There's a few steps that people like. Third step. Mm-hmm. You know, it looks like a mountain. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, oh, my God. And it is a big deal. It yeah. really is. Yeah, I yeah. try to make it a big deal because it's a big deal. You're going to do this, and this is going to transform your life, man. Oh. Uh, Getting down and doing that prayer with some dude mm-hmm. that was the first time mm-hmm. I had ever done anything mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that, right? Uh, and you know, usually, you know, the fourth is what it is, but then you get that fifth step relief of sitting down and then really airing this stuff out. Where'd y'all do your fifth step?
1: We did the fifth step down at the lake. Oh, yeah, that he At he his place. Yeah, 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 very cool. Very cool. We saw. We finished up. Um, i trying to think what else we saw. We, just nature stuff. Like, we saw a bald eagle. Like, maybe the first time I've seen one outside of, like, the zoo <laughs> in real life. Yep. Which was awesome. And it was right, right after the... Yeah. Yeah, right after it. Yeah. It was neat.
0: I think the universe sends us signs like that. That's not unusual. You know, those things happen more times than not. Yeah. Mark had a flock of butterflies come on him when he did his fist step at Travis's cabin on Blue River. Okay. Okay. And uh, a lot of people have experiences like that with animals directly after.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the fish were jumping, though like there were some butterflies, I think. It, the eagle was really cool. Yeah, right. Yeah. That was neat. Yeah, we see him. I see him in New Albany now. Bald yeah, eagles. I, yeah, I'm starting to see him more too. But
0: yep. Yep. great, yeah. I, I love that. Yes, I mean, it used to be. I mean, we would go to Wisconsin and Minnesota fishing when I was a kid. We do our family vacations were usually geared or like around stuff like that. Yeah, and you know we'd see them, and you know you'd sit there and watch them through binoculars for hours, like you was never ever going to see another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know now here they are flying through New Albany. It's cool. Yeah, I love the comeback of the animals that we that's cool there's yeah. that bird is majestic man and we yeah get to see one very cool huge big dudes man oh my gosh kind did of scary you, you did six and seven down there right after yes yeah it's another thing you know we have this he's following this tssr recipe that was christopher taught to me because uh, this is cool you know i mean i sponsored i sponsored travis mm-hmm. travis sponsored mark Mark sponsored you. Right. And there's a lot of uh, you know, it's a humble pride type of thing of, right that, that you had this played this part where these people are this is trickling down and people are getting better and it won't be too long for your sponsoring somebody. Are you yet? No. Okay. No. I thought I wouldn't know and I kinda keep an eye out. Yeah. Uh, I I think you'd know. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, it you know that that's i don't know it's just very fulfilling uh it's it's more than that but it's uh you know that old self-pity of feeling like i'm worth this piece of shit and people mm-hmm. you know I, maybe we would be better off without me right to the position i sit in today is the very opposite <laughs> everybody's better off with me right than without me right and that shifts because i had the same feelings you know that i should maybe disappear maybe i should run away mm. maybe i should if i can't kill myself maybe i should just ditch um yeah any amends in particular
1: Oh uh, well the amends to my kids i when i got you know like i said when they had um stayed overnight with my parents when we went out and had the like the event that got me into the tra- crash and burn, the crash and burn, the, um, you know, when they, I guess it was new year's day when they came home, um, and just the, the amount of love and just like, and, and they're not ones to show like, a like not big like public just public a yeah of people but like the hugs and just like the the grip on me that they had when I got when they got home was just I'll, it was something I'll never hmm. forget in my life and just doing those amends to them it was was uh, it was so awesome I mean We've, it, it's really changed our family dynamic overall, and the um, you know not to say that we don't have moments. It's just like everything there. Sure, it's life on life's terms. Like right, and but just the 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 shift in that relationship that I have with. The three of them is has just been awesome. And magic, I think, I, it's been magic, and I have to attribute that to working a program, staying sober, and doing amends. Yeah. So it is, it has changed my life, changed so, their lives, and that that to me is is more important that you know they're having a better life because of this program. So, um, yeah, that's really stuck with me that those have been
0: men's are powerful. Awesome. Yeah. And that's what I have a little pet peeve about people when I get what they're saying about the promises coming true when they're 30 days sober. Uh, but those nine step promises are in the ninth step for Mm -hmm. a particular reason. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. And, uh, when you start doing that work, man, it's a, like you use the word shift. It's almost like a wrinkle happens in the universe and things straighten back out in alignment, right. you know, right. like the Tectonic plates are not quite in alignment and right. they're rubbing on each other, you know, and then they go and they step into place. Yep. 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 It's very um, cool. Yep. Very cool. Yeah, and you know, imagine at some point—I'm not sure—but you know, that's one of the other big hurdles that people come in here, and you know, they read. Them. We don't have window blinds, but you know how a lot of meetings have them great big window blinds with the steps on them. Mm-hmm, the traditions, mm-hmm. you know. I can remember sitting there looking at those things, going, oh, "That don't sound too bad." <laughs> this make direct amends thing—is Uh eh. you know, is that optional? <laughs> uh, Looking at that, I heard a speaker. My one of my favorite speakers, and he's been on my podcast, Scott Lee. He says that uh, when you first see the steps there, they look to be punitive, mm-hmm. like they're built to punish you. You know, but nothing could be further from the truth, really. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. It. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: It's. Um. And then you yeah. just celebrated one year in December and family there and and you got that unique thing where you were the only dude celebrating too and that is so that don't happen much at the spiritual underground i agree you get all that love all poured on you all alone i did too my first year of course it was a different dynamic we hadn't yeah. included families and stuff yet yeah but still i was the only one and i got all that spiritual underground love poured only on me and it was it was great
1: yeah yeah i think maybe people ran out of things to say, but it's <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, you know, we made the meeting an hour and a half because of how many people we yeah. generally yeah, were celebrating yeah, yeah, when we were yeah, out of time. Yeah. And then now we got an hour and a half for one person, and it kind right. of like, oh, uh, there's really only so, there's really only so much that can be said.
1: Yeah. But it was good night. Yeah. And it's, I guess it's going to be different this month because I think there's a bunch of us. Yeah, it sounds like there are like fifteen.
0: No, it's not fifteen. I have them here. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, seven. Three, four, five, six, 7. Yep. And I don't know. I ain't seen Jerry in a while, so I don't know if he'll be there. But we got uh Josh celebrating one. Mark, your sponsor celebrating mm-hmm. two toby three greg four dylan five and me nine that's awesome so we got a one two three four five uh jerry be celebrating two as well jerry and mark were in chris's group together
1: okay okay
0: And you know, it was put to me and this is stuff that, uh, again, a little bit didn't, I was on the fence about it when it was first presented to me, but, uh, over time it has grown on me, you know, that the spiritual underground means a whole lot to me, man. My life was saved there, Mm -hmm. you know, and now what am I going to do? I'm gonna walk away. Right. I'm gonna just take my toys, take my ball and go home. Right. Uh, Right. How selfish and self-centered is that, you know, and, uh, continue to pour into it and Mm -hmm. keep it as important as it really is and don't let that fade out Uh, continue to invest continue to participate right it is very unique and very special we have a special group we do you don't see it everywhere and then like those nights like last night when we drag about eight or ten of us into somebody else's meeting changes the entire dynamic of the meeting and it's fine (laughs) we went listen to Derek speak Thursday night for his very first time he knocked it out of the park Uh, For a dude who's a year and a half, twenty months, something Mm -hmm. like that, Uh, to just to and that's the thing, and it's always been said, you know, guys like that, they they sound like they're five years sober, right? Uh, He he speaks like he's been around five years, yeah. And uh, we was in the men's recovery house at the Talbot House, so these dudes are, you know, they got a little different vibe in Mm -hmm, there, you mm -hmm. know. And then uh, and uh, I know there was some uh, traction happening when we drug our energy in there and the fun we have and the smiles and the hugging and the... That's cool. Who are these guys? And I love going I like juice bombing meetings. I like it when we get a bunch of us to go in and go to some other meeting and share some of our energy with other people. That's cool. Very cool. Mark speaking tonight. Yes. I'm going to be there. I was hitting LJ and I couldn't get on the same page with him. I just didn't word my question right. Uh, some of those places you can't do that. You know, you can't. They're not open meetings in facilities. Mm-hmm. You know, they bring a speaker, and maybe you can bring a buddy, and the two of you can go in there. But uh, and I didn't know if the VOA was like that. Uh, I spoke at the VOA some time ago, since Mark's been here because Mark showed up and was there. Mark came in to it, but it didn't get to give the vibe that you could just walk in. That's right. So I was asking, you know, is this a meeting we can juice bomb? Since the meeting, a whole bunch of us can show up and, and I'll tell you what, when you're up there at the podium, there's absolutely nothing better than to look out there and see your friends. Yes. (laughs) Rather than a bunch of people you don't know. Right.
1: Yeah. So it is an open,
0: uh, LJ said yes. I don't know if there's been any more chatter of that effect since, uh, since that, but, uh yep he said let's juice bomb the voa all right so i'm gonna send a text out in a few minutes and okay. tell everybody mark's gonna be there cool uh and rally up and, and Derek. I, t- I tape recorded Derek last week and it's good it's gonna be on a podcast okay. next, next okay. week you'll be the week after that okay uh and i like doing that too and it's a little you know, it's a little skirting around some traditions and some stuff that had to do with AA, but you know, we don't necessarily do AA, the hard line. Right. Anyway. Right. Right. right? right. And, uh, Derek has permission. I didn't record anybody. He gave permission. and I didn't record anybody but him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're just carrying a message. Yeah. It's trying to help people. That's, That's a, very cool. it's a funny thing. Cause you can get into these places where your main motives are. Chris catches a lot of friction for his techniques you know and he's just out to help people right you know, right, Lally, right, gonna, right 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 you right know, what's it's like that line what was that movie with Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson uh, you know I mean he was Jack Nicholson was the You Can't
1: Handle the Truth
0: that movie yeah I can't remember the name Few Good Men Few Good Men yeah when he talks about you know you, you sit in the safety of inside the walls and are protected by us and then you're gonna judge how we do it yeah, uh, right. you know, uh, 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 I think of that that way, too, because we're all very blessed to have uh, run into the path of that dude because he's really the anchor of spiritual underground. It is what it is because of him. Mm-hmm. He basically built it. Yeah. I just am picking up best. I could, lifting as many weights as I can lift and make sure it keeps stay strong. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you got any uh concluding thoughts and he, uh, one of my guys said, one of my podcasters says concluders <laughs> concluders a <laughs> uh, message to somebody new that may be wondering if they're uh, if this is for them or if it'll work for them or
1: it it will work for you get a sponsor show up and don't worry about forever forever is a long time don't worry about forever on anything but especially your sobriety and and your program it's okay just think about today do the next right thing don't worry about anything
0: outside of that great man yeah Thank you for coming in and sharing with me i always i I got this other unique position where i get to sit here and get this one-on-one of people's stories you know yeah and uh it's an honor to be able to do that you know to to get a little deeper and you know this whole program is about growing connection so i get this opportunity to grow my connection to you closer yeah and uh and that is uh, it's a beautiful thing as we say so if you're not having a blast in your recovery you're not doing something right and i just want to thank everybody out there for allowing Jermaine and i to uh participate in our recoveries in this manner today peace out